Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 44 of uh, this year. Uh, we just uh, were about to end the octave of Easter, and now we're going into second week, and we're starting off the week with uh, Divine Mercy Sunday. <clears throat> so, if you like this podcast and you enjoy what you're hearing, Please subscribe and share. I would greatly appreciate it. And uh, let's begin. So, this begin with the entrance antiphon from First Peter chapter two verse two. Like newborn infants, you must long for the pure spiritual milk, that in Him you may grow to salvation. Hallelujah. Like newborn infants, you must long for the pure spiritual milk, that in him you may grow into salvation. Alleluia. Like newborn infants, you must long for the pure spiritual milk, that in him you may grow to salvation. Alleluia. And we have an alternative. It's uh, fourth, fourth as a Darus, I believe. This is possibly one of the... Um, Deuterocanonical books, chapter 2, verse 36 to 37. Receive the joy of your glory, giving thanks to God, who has called you into the heavenly kingdom. Alleluia. Receive the glory, receive the joy of your glory, giving thanks to God, who has called you into the heavenly kingdom. Alleluia. Okay, so let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. The Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, we're reading from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, uh, verse 12 to 16. More 
than ever, believers in the Lord, great numbers of, of men and women were added to them. Many signs and wonders were done among the people at the hands of the apostles. They were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the others dared to join them, but the people esteemed them. Yet more than ever, believers in the Lord, great numbers of men and women were added to them. Thus they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on the cots and mats, so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on one or another of them. A large number of people from the towns in the vicinity of the Jerusalem also gathered, bringing the sick and those disturbed by unclean spirits, and they were all cured. Okay, one more time. Many signs and wonders were done among the people at the hands of the apostles. They were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the others dared to join them, but the people esteemed them. Yet more than ever, believers in the Lord, great numbers of men and women were added to them. Thus they even carried out the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on one or another of them. A large number of the people from the towns in the vicinity of Jerusalem also gathered, bringing the sick and those disturbed by unclean spirits, that they were all cured. And they were all cured. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Psalm 118. And the response is, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his love is everlasting. And I'll add the alleluia to it. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his love is everlasting. Let the house of Israel say, His mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Alleluia. I was hard-pressed and was falling, but the Lord helped me. My strength and my courage is the Lord. He has been my Savior. The joyful shout of victory in the tents of the just. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his, lo for his love is everlasting. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. It is wonderful in our, in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his love is everlasting. Hallelujah. A uh, little something here. Uh, what's interesting, there's a tradition that um, when the temple was built, the Temple of Solomon, that there was a confusion. I mean, it's, there's several different interpretations of this, so don't take it li uh, literally, but it's probably based on some truth according to Jewish tradition, that the wrong cornerstone, this part where it says, the stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The st there was a stone that was supposed to be the cornerstone and it was accidentally rejected. And, and so they found out 
that the stone that they rejected was the cornerstone. And so the Temple of Solomon was built without the proper cornerstone. Then later on, the same thing happened uh, with the the Maccabees uh, when the temple, when they were building the, the temporary temple, the temple that uh, was between, the second temple was known as Herod's second temple, period. And when Herod was temple was being built, again, the mistake was made. The wrong stone was rejected, which should have been the cornerstone. So the stone which the builders rejected was the cornerstone. This was sort of like a prophecy because it's talking about Christ. So it's very interesting, very interesting. This is something that, you know, often it's a tradition that uh, has been gone down, come down with the Jewish people. So... That's just something to think about. All right, let's move on. A reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 9, 11, 12, 13, 17, and 19. I was dead, but now I am alive forever and ever. A reading from the book of Revelation. I, John, your brother, who share with you the distress, the kingdom, and the endurance we have in Jesus found myself in the island called Patmos because I proclaimed God's word and gave testimony to Jesus. I was caught up in spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a voice as loud as trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see. Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me. And when I found out, I saw seven gold lampstands in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man wearing an ankle length robe with gold sash around his chest, with a gold sash around his chest. And when I caught sight of him, I fell down at his feet as though dead. He touched me with his right hand and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last the one who lives. Once I was dead, but now I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys to death and the netherworld. Write down, therefore, what you have seen and what is happening and what will happen afterwards. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Alleluia, alleluia. You believe in me, Thomas, because you have seen me, says the Lord. Blessed are they who have never, who have not seen me and still, but still believe. Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 29. Gospel of St. John, chapter 20, verse 19 to 31. Eight days later, Jesus came and stood in their midst. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst. And he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord Jesus and said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them. And when Jesus came, so they, others, other disciples said to him, 
we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails on his hands, and put my finger in the nail marks, and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst, and said, Peace be with you. When Then he has said this to Thomas, Put your fingers here, and, you, and, and see my hands, and bring your hand, and put it into my side, and do not stop being unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are written in the book, in, the, in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that and through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Blessed Divine Mercy Sunday to everyone. All right, it's been uh, one week now since Easter. Uh, we're gone through the octave of Easter. So now um, we are we're going to go into the we got 50, 50 days actually of. Um, Easter celebration also, but the first eight days, uh, of course, is the most important. Now, um, in the readings, we are, ex uh, with the apostles, are experiencing the resurrection, the beauty of the resurrection, right? That beautiful resurrection experience, and that, uh, testimony of faith that test that strengthening of faith though they they heard all the news i mean we, we went through all the week right if you've done uh the readings sorry i haven't been able to um post the podcast readings but if you have a missile you you witnessed experience with the apostles the, the mysterious road to Emmaus. Uh, Mary Magdalene at the tomb and then meeting the resurrected Jesus and then going and telling the apostles and, and them not believing her. Simon, Peter, and John coming to the tomb and finding the, the shroud, the wrappings, and not the body. Thomas... Now we come to the point where he is shocked at what he's hearing. He cannot, he cannot believe his ears. The, the, the experience on the road to Emmaus from the account of Mark, Mark mentions that the Lord appeared to two disciples out in the country, on the road to the country, and them coming back realizing that they experienced that they have just experienced the reality of the resurrection that the Lord appeared to them in a different form and that their eyes were opened in the breaking of the bread all right he didn't just tell them that he's Jesus he they had to 
come to realize the reality of who Jesus, that Jesus is resurrected, that Jesus is alive, that he is alive, and he had to reveal himself to them in the Eucharistic liturgy, in the breaking of the bread, that the church has, we have him in the liturgy of the Eucharist, this is my body. This is my blood. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my uh, my blood has you know, has eternal life. That my body is true food, and my blood is true drink. It's this is this is the reality of the Christian faith. We are the people of the passion. We are the people of the incarnation. We're not just followers of Jesus. We are also, yes, we are baptized in Christ, but we are the people of the incarnation. When we were baptized into Christ, we were baptized into the incarnation. And then we are, we are also crucified people of the incarnation we are resurrected people of the incarnation. We are resurrected people of the new life. We are the resurrected people of Christ. We are the resurrected people of the Eucharist. Jesus himself has incorporated us into his body and blood. We are the body and blood of Christ. We are in the body and blood of Christ. We are in his body and blood. We receive his flesh. We consume his flesh. We also, we are also part of him in the incarnation. Because he, we, we have been invited. We're not the incarnation, but we are, we are in his incarnation. We experience it. This is why we are also a pro-life people. Why we have to be pro-life. Why we can't be silent about abortion. We can't. We can't be silent about it. I know a lot of Catholics think, gosh, I just don't want to get involved in this. <sighs> you don't want to get involved in this. But yet... Yet you want to be in Christ. We we have to be involved in it because we are the people of the incarnation. We are the people of the of the annunciation too. Right? We are. We can't just stand aside and be quiet about this. We we have to let other people know. People must know that, that life begins in conception. Right? Can we stand around every single time we hear the reading in, Mar in, in Luke's gospel when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth? Didn't, did not Angel Gabriel say to Elizabeth that your cousin Elizabeth now is in her sixth month of pregnancy? 
that when Mary went to visit Elizabeth in Hebron and, and gave her greeting, Elizabeth, hearing the, word, the, the greeting of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the child in her womb leapt for joy when she was filled with the Holy Spirit and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Can we be silent about such things? No, we can't. We cannot. We cannot be part of something and be silent about something fantastic. We can't. It's impossible. I know it bothers a lot of people, but this is true. We can't be silent about this. This is basically... This is basically, in a sense, high, uh, you know, um, pickpocketing God. You know, the problem, the problem, the biggest problem we have, I think, in this age, is that we are very materialistic people. We're very materialistic people, and. We also, we also want to avoid suffering. That's basically all of humanity. We're terrified of suffering. We, we love pleasure too much. And unfortunately, um, it shows. We're materialistic people. All right. Myself personally, I've learned, I, I think I've, I've learned this about myself and I have to acknowledge it. I'm a materialistic person. I love my things. I love, I love my food. I love my pleasures, right? I'm a glutton. I have to admit this. And... I, I like my comforts. I don't want to suffer for anything. Yet, we are going to suffer whether we like it or not. I am going to suffer whether I like it or not. Suffering is going to come whether I like it or not because it's going to purify. Suffering is purification. Suffering is uh, purification in the fire. Whether we like it or not. Suffering is purification in the fire, people. We, we're going to be purified. We're going to be refined. Nobody likes to hear it, but it's true. <clears throat> okay? That's what the crucifixion is. That's what the agony in the garden is. And Protestants don't like it, which is why they often don't like to see the image of Christ on the crucifix. They have a love and hate relationship with Christ on the crucifix. They love the empty cross. The empty cross to them is like, we don't have to do any of that work. That's true. You don't have to do any of, any of that work. Without the passion of the Lord, our suffering will mean nothing. Without his... 
His suffering is great mercy. Our suffering would our suffering without his suffering would be agonizing hell. Right, that's that's the good news. <laughs> that's the good news. And that's that's the good news. There was a movie we just watched, my mom and I, on Amazon called Lords. And it was about modern day Lords. It wasn't like the film we watched not too long ago, which is about a young woman who experienced a temporary sort of healing. But without it, it was a temporary healing without faith. You know, the film was weird, but this one. This one was right, right in the um, fire of purification, I would say. It was about suffering. It was about families with children who unfortunately suffered horrible accidents and never been, um, unfortunately have not been, they haven't experienced cures. The film doesn't deny miracles. The film doesn't deny miracles at all. But what the film does, it shows suffering on every level. They even showed a man, a Frenchman, elderly Frenchman, who cross-dresses, prostitutes himself, yet prays, prays every single day for deliverance and uh, unfortunately, this individual hasn't experienced it. It shows prostitutes who go to Lourdes and pray. Some of them, some of them are cured, uh, according to priests. It shows um, health workers, assistants, young people who help with the sick. Uh, it shows um, French parents with two children with a horrible disease that's slowly killing one of their children, killing one of their children, but one of their other ch uh, sons is, he's got, he's, he's got saint, he's a, he's a little saint, he's a little loving saint, loves those who are suffering. There's one young woman, about 14, who suffers from some bodily, um, it's like, she suffers from cysts. It's a cyst in her arm. She's overweight. She gets teased in school. She's attempted, I think she's attempted suicide several times. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't want to go back to school. She suffers bullying on the internet and she suffers bullying in person. And her parents are worried about her. All right. And then, um, there's so much going on in this picture, but there's so much suffering. There's gypsies who love the Blessed Mother. They love the Blessed Mother, and there's a lot of devotion to the Blessed Mother. People do the Stations of the Cross. It's, and they showed you the whole process in the Lord of, of the Lord's water. Some people get assigned uh, to take a bath 
And there's people constantly comparing. One, the mother with a son who's who suffered an accident many years earlier. I think he got hit by a car. She's given up on the miracle. Not that she's given up believing in miracles, but she's given up expecting a miracle. Because now she has to embrace that the possibility that God wants her to go through the suffering. So you see, this is why it's a very different film. It's just called Lords. It's on Amazon Prime. And it's... There is a lot of Catholic meaning in embracing suffering. Because the more we embrace it, we don't suffer alone. Christ suffers it with us. Christ invites us into this mystical union with him. And there's so much of it in this film. So much of it. It's, it's, it's you know, you have to watch it to understand it. It's very Catholic, but Catholic in a way that it, you know, it, the, the, the theology and the mystery of, mystery of the agony and, and the beauty of it is amazing. It's amazing. There's, there's, it's not empty. The problem is, is that it answers the pain of this age. Because there was also a program I wa I've been watching on YouTube. This woman's trying desperately, desperately, desperately to communicate to these kids, these young teenage kids, these young, young adults in college who've all been perverted. Perverted. Yes, I say it, perverted. They've been perverted with this whole abortion concept. They've been perverted with materialism. Perverted with uh, their, their concept of humanity has been perverted. The concept of value of a human being has been perverted. You know, they, they, it's, 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 a, it's a materialistic religion. It's a materialistic religion. I mean, think about it. They turn to the Supreme Court and because they say the Supreme Court has legalized abortion, like the Supreme Court is God itself. Well, this is the same Supreme Court that said that black people at one time were not human beings. And then, and, and, and backed up slavery at one point, right? That's, this is what we're talking about. I mean, they don't understand, you, you, you know, what does it mean to be a human being? What does it mean to be human? When are you human? When are you valuable? When do you have rights? Is conception sacred? Is human life sacred from the womb or not? Are we made in the image of likeness of God or, we, or, or not? Are you saying that my values human being does not exist because of your autonomy? This is what I'm saying. It's There's so much going on here and there's so much perversion of materialism 
you know, it's ridiculous. We have to really, you know, and, and yet so much of our church leaders are silent out of fear, silent because they want to be accepted, silent because of the spirit of the age. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And this is going to affect our salvation if we do not, if we don't find a way back, if we don't embrace Christ, if we don't embrace him completely, if we don't speak up, we have to embrace and we have to speak up. We have to, we have to accept martyrdom to go against the grain of, of a perverted, sick age, of a sick generation. We have to somehow do this. We can't, we can't be silent anymore. Our salvation is in danger. If we remain silent, if we don't ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, if we don't have the, we don't, we don't ask, we don't beg, we don't pray for the gift of, of, of witness, of, of being a witnesses to, to the resurrection, of being witnesses to the uniqueness of being human, we are in danger. We are in danger and we're endangering other souls because of our quietness. We have to speak up. We have to pray. We have to pray the rosary and we have to speak up. We have to start praying for this holiness to separate ourselves from this generation. It's, it's serious. God bless. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, constantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified who has spoken through the prophet. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.